Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Tiger Bombers, excited to be talking to you guys about week one NFL football action. We are finally here. The regular season is upon us. We will not delay. We're just going to get into the action. I'm your host, Ralph. If you've been listening, welcome back. Repeat offenders, love a hardhead. If this is your first time listening to the process here at Tiger Bomb, welcome. We love uh, first-time offenders as well. So glad you could join us. We're going to talk about some football. If you missed the first two episodes of Season 5 here, we drafted a little bit, got ourselves ready. We feel confident at the process that if we start this thing off correctly, we will coast and incorrectly, which is why we can focus on DFS during the year. There's a lot less maintenance to do. But that's the name of the game. If you didn't catch those episodes, you actually can still listen to them or watch them on YouTube, whatever your preference is. And before we dive in with our uh, action-packed Slam Week 1 episode of uh, NFL action. Let's talk about where you guys can find us very quickly. www.tigerbombsae.com. That's the website. Tiger Bomb has a bunch of podcasts. Baseball, football, true crime, NASCAR. Take your pleasure. If you go to the website, you can click on the process page, watch the podcast there via YouTube, or you can listen to it. If you want to listen on the go, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you can listen to us. Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. Search for that. Pop up, like, and subscribe. Then you can catch not only the process, but all the other podcasts here as well. The po- the process is on Facebook and Twitter too. Great way to have witty banter, maybe injury notes. Um, Twitter, especially if you want to uh, keep up on Sunday at the process TBSAE, uh, maybe get some last minute stardom sit em questions answered. That's a great way. All right. That's how we stay together guys. And it's time to fire this rocket ship off. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what I have been, um, getting ready for studying for researching for, this is what you guys have been waiting for drafted for it. Now it's time to put the children to bed and go looking for dinner. Now that we've covered where to find us Thursday, let's talk about that very quickly. Rams and Bills, we saw our first bit of NFL action in months. Stafford looked rusty. That's what's going to happen if you don't practice. You've got to practice in the, or, or have some repetition. This is the NFL, the highest level of professional football. So not uh, unbelievably crazy of an idea that he looked rusty, but that's what we saw. 15 targets for Cup. Is one thing we got to notice, just zoning in on this guy. Nobody else really even here to speak about. They did have nine targets for Higby. Uh, and so promising there if you if your prospects for tight end are low. If you're looking for a tight end, you didn't draft a tight end until the later rounds. There you go. Cam Akers versus Daryl Henderson. Um, listen, we saw Daryl Henderson get most of the run. Cam owners probably feeling some kind of way right now. Listen, if you handcuffed and you can do it, I know it's hard with these two players because they're both kind of names at this point, but you can do it. I have a, uh, I have an actual uh, PFF Pro Fantasy Football Championship League team where I was able to actually do this. If I could do it in that league in the Superflex, you could do it in your home league. So if you wanted to handcuff, you you could have and you would be okay. Now, did I get burned this week? Yeah, I started Cam Akers and I sat Daryl Henderson. But I've got them both. And so comfortability about moving forward, I'll make the right decision. That's a part of the process. We talk about if we have this running game we're invested in, getting the backup piece as well so that we're fully committed to it and attacking the draft that way. Again, Reference those first two episodes if you're curious about any of that. But I'm still okay with Cam. Maybe the Rams will play one or the other more depending on defensive ability versus zone or power run. That makes a lot of sense to me. You play a power run team you or a team that's more susceptible to power run, you run Henderson. You play a team where you can get to the edge a little quicker, like maybe they can't cover outside zone as well, then maybe that's a Cam Akers game. So I'm not completely out on him. There's still a lot of information to be gathered. We won't overreact to week one is the point. 
defensively didn't think the Rams played terribly. It was 10-all at half. Uh, you know, I felt like the Rams D was put in a bad position by Stafford in the offense from the point of turnovers. Uh, Allen looked a little suspicious in the first half. few turnovers on his part, too. The Rams O-line also had issues versus the Bills front. We know the Bills have a very good front, but we suspected the Rams might not have a good O-line, and, and there you go. Notably, uh, Joe Noteboom looking not very good. Uh, <clears throat> Rams offensive line gave up seven sacks, four hits, 13 hurries from 50 snaps. So that's something that's got to be improved upon or there's not going to be a lot of time to throw the football. Bill's wide receivers. McKenzie can't be trusted because of Jamison Crowder. Crowder got some opportunity. So if they're going to split time in the slot, we need a little bit more of a definitive role from one of them. Uh, Moss caught some passes. Zach Moss, kind of a regular for his uh, usual line of work. He's more of the runner. Six catches for 21 yards, making his case to stay on the field. So um, Baby Cook is probably going to have to wait a little bit, but also Singletary is going to be splitting that time. This is a much more potent run game, I think, or has the ability to be a much more potent run game with the coaching staff and the offensive uh, line they have in place. But just some things to be aware of as we move forward. Allen Robinson played nearly all the snaps, didn't do anything. So we got to figure that out. There needs to be more rapport there. That takes the pressure off of Cup and the rest of the offense. Someone else has to be able to step up. Uh, but very much not out on the Rams. Still a playoff team, in my opinion. Still go deep in the playoffs. This could potentially be like a Super Bowl matchup, whatever. Like, not going to read too much into it. Obviously, the Bills looked fantastic. That is our intro, guys. Let's move on to our segments. We got the usuals for you. The, the all-time favorites, if you've been rocking and rolling with us. Housekeeping, would you rather reload, and then we'll talk some DFS. So we'll move on. Housekeeping, housekeeping, me fluff your pillow, me fix your team, housekeeping. Some housekeeping. All right, first off, we're going to have some fun this year. Remember, it's football, it's fun. Have a great time on Sunday knowing that you are ready because the process got you ready. You listen to this. It's the reason why we have to do this show late Friday or earlier Saturday, it's because like we need to get all of the information we can about the injuries and all that. Most information is paramount. So I want to push the show back as far as I possibly can for your benefit, unless somebody has a problem with that. Secondly, overreaction early in the season. Let's not do it. I'm hearing people bailing on cam already, like relax. I also noticed in one of the apps, I'm playing, the Yahoo Fantasy apps, playing like all of them, right? I noticed people, so many people bailed on the Rams' defense from a fantasy aspect because of the matchup. Why did you draft them? We can't bail on people we drafted. We can't do that. What? Why did you draft them? We have to be sure about what we're doing, and then we stick to our guns. So I played the Rams' defense. They were projected for five. That wasn't enough for a lot of people, so they, dra- so they dropped them. They ended up getting double that, 10. They had turnovers in the first half. Like we said, Allen didn't play great. You have to be willing to stick to the process. This is a great lesson for the beginning of the season. If you start it, follow the process. Now, when do we tinker if we tinker at all? This is the biggest lesson from housekeeping this week, guys, in my opinion. We are going to stand pat until we get three losses. And we like, so here's what I mean. If you get three losses, but you don't already have six wins, then it's time to do something. That's the world we want to live in. So if I'm six and two and I get that third loss, now I'm six and three, you're still okay. If I am five and two and I get that third loss, now I'm five and three, you need to do something. You're just one game above 500, man. That's that's not a great trend for the playoffs. And certainly on down there below, right? So it's like if, if you're out the gate and you're 0 and three, you need to do some drastic stuff, right? This is the barometer we're going to live by. You know, if I have two wins and now I get my third loss, you got to do something. Two and three is not cutting it. So 
that's the world that's going to uh, govern how we develop the first half of this season, if you will. So as we go on in the next few weeks, because nobody should be doing anything, right? If you're following the process, not doing that much. But as we go on in the next few weeks, we'll unfold exactly what to do then if you need to make those moves. Because then that becomes enough a, a different game. All right. Um, what else? What else? If you first, you know, let's make a depth chart is the heels of what I need to say off of that and stick to it. That's what we do with the process. You have one quarterback, one defense, one tight end. We don't need to carry and draft two defenses. We don't need to carry and draft two tight ends. We don't need to do that. Well, what if my tight end gets hurt? We'll figure it out. I have Ertz in one of my leagues that really matters. He might not play. We have a suggestion. We have a suggestion for that. You know? By the way, a couple of notes. Uh... One quarterback, unless you're in a super flex league, you should probably have three. Tight end, Ertz, main injury concern, get Irv Thomas or Pat Fryer moves or your opponent's tight end if that person's available. We have a plan. Follow the process. Make a depth chart. Stick to it. If you've got your running back and you've got his handcuff backup, that's, you know, you have, this is the basics of a depth chart. This is what it is, you know? So... You have to do that and stick to it because the temptation every week is going to be to flip-flop to this person or that person or he's in a better matchup or this quarterback. That Nope. Depth chart. Stick to it. As far as DFS goes, if you feel a change of heart about some picks that you made or locked in already, just make more lineups, y'all. Easiest way to see if you really want to make that play uh, is to is to do this. Do not go back and change lineups. You can cheat yourself out of winnings if you do that. So, make more lineups. If you can't stomach spending more money, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Those are our housekeeping notes for this week. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. It's time for a little bit of Would You Rather. This week, we got ourselves 12 matchups that we're going to look at and see which one I would rather and figure out which one you'd rather. First up, Ezekiel Elliott versus Chris Godwin. So, guys, I don't think Godwin's going to play. And even if he does, I mean, it's like a game time decision. I'm not too sure of his health versus Zeke, um, who should be ready to roll. Now, they're in the same game, and it's a tough matchup either way you roll. But I would still take Zeke. I know like Dallas is not, uh, this isn't an ideal matchup because Tampa Bay was pretty solid on the ground last year. Even though they lost guys on the line. It's not the same team, right? The replacements that they've gotten, I think, are sufficient. So we can look for a similar result, if not the same. Probably won't be the same, but similar result. So I know it's a hard road for Ezekiel Elliott, but I would say I'm going to give him the nod over Godwin because of health and just because even though the offensive line I think is fantastic or the defensive line for Tampa Bay is fantastic still, there's going to be a learning process of how we play together, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll go Elliott. All right, next, would you rather? Rashad Penny versus Rashad Bateman. Listen, I Bateman, you guys won't hear me talk a whole lot about every year, all throughout the year, I don't think. I know that you know, from a standpoint of last season, we saw a promising uptick in targets. I do think Baltimore is committed to this resurgence on the run. They want to get back to doing what they do best, running with Lamar. All the pieces that they put together over the off season suggest that they want to be a run-first football team, great defense, and just rely on Mark Andrews as the primary target. Everything else falls in behind that. Bateman doesn't have a role that is first or second or third look because the running backs will have the opportunity after Andrews and Jackson. 
So he's so far down the line that it's hard for me to recommend him. For what it's worth, Jackson didn't get the contract done. He's He doesn't have an agent, guys. He's doing this himself, which is weird and cool. He doesn't have a contract. He didn't get the contract done with Baltimore. He, they were happy to say we could negotiate during the season. It's his decision to say we either get it done by last by Friday or we just or you know after the season. He's gonna make them pay, guys. This dude is brewing up a fantastic year, and they're going to have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. I really feel his logic was like, I'm trying to give you guys a break. I'm asking for a lot of money, but it could be a lot more. I don't think they wanted to commit, dip that toe in the water. They want to, you know, kind of make them earn it, see if we can win here. They want to see what the window looks like. He's going to make them pay. But I say all that to say Bateman, probably not my pick. Penny is the guy, especially with Kenneth Walker not being available this week. I know that means that it doesn't mean all the work goes to Penny. Uh, Comer steps up after that, right? So, but still Penny. Okay, Brandon Cooks versus A.J. Dillon. Now, I actually prefer Dillon this week. I think Cooks has the better outlook all year. It's just a tougher matchup versus the Colts. I do have some ideas about that game, but I just don't think that he is the beneficiary of the pass game as much as Nico Collins might be, just because the secondary aren't slouches over uh, in Indianapolis, and he'll get some tough man coverage on the outside, I believe. Um, But... That said, it should be points in that game. He won't come up with a blank, but I like A.J. Dillon with this opportunity if Green Bay is ahead and trying to like run out the clock, basically. Uh, Adam Th- And he'll be in a timeshare anyway, I believe, with Jones. Adam Thielen versus Damian Harris. I do like Thielen over Harris this week. I believe Miami will be tough against the run. You look at the uh, defense that they have. The commitment that they want to make to stopping the run. They want to be better at that. I believe they will be better than they were last year. This profiles as a tough matchup against New England with them. I think both teams are going to try to assert themselves with the run. Damien Harris will have success. I do think that that is the path versus passing versus Miami. So he will have some success. But I think Green Bay will force Minnesota to try to keep up. Minnesota would rather run the ball. And I don't think Green Bay wants to put them in position to do that. If you force their hand by putting the points up, then they got to keep up. Thielen's the beneficiary. Darnell Mooney versus Damian Pierce. Um, I don't like Mooney this week just because the long downfield shots. We'll talk about that later. What that means and why it might not work. But Damian Pierce, if you don't know, everybody has an uptick on him because Damian Leonard... Formerly known Damian Leonard, now Shaquille Leonard, is out. The linebacker for the Colts this week. Primarily their big run stopper. This does open up uh, uh, some lanes for Damian Pierce. Going to be super popular in DFS world. We'll talk about that later. But it's a better matchup for him than Mooney by far. We'll take Pierce. DJ Moore versus Damian Pierce. Pierce is in a good matchup. Uh, Moore is also... Not in a good matchup, but I think they'll be playing from behind. I guess I'll take Pierce, but I'm very interested in Moore, and I'm going to play him in tournaments, as we'll see later on, uh, because he has a lot of upside. Uh, So the difference being I'm playing Damian Pierce in cash games, so you feel more sure about that, right, versus DJ Moore, who I'm playing in tournaments. Chase Edmonds versus Deontay Johnson. Um, Johnson's going to play. I think Pittsburgh has a great chance of winning that game. I don't know how involved he will have the opportunity to be. I think there are other weapons that may fare better. Uh, however, Chase Edmonds, I do think, uh, will be involved against the run against New England. I'd rather have Chase Edmonds. He's healthy, practiced in full on Friday. He's a go. In that New England, or I'm sorry, in that 49er style offensive running. Now, we know they rotate the backs. But he seems to be the lead back. We'd rather have some exposure to that over Deontay Johnson. Cordell Patterson versus Juju Schuster. I would I would take Juju Smith-Schuster this week. Um, Patterson has a tough matchup against the Saints. And Smith-Schuster profiles as the number one for Kansas City. Um, I do think that it's a winnable matchup. There's a lot of ways that Mahomes could take it. But I would rather have Juju. Okay, Damian Harris 
or Brandon Ayuk in this scenario, I would definitely take Damian Harris. Ayuk, you know, the Bears defense isn't great, but they have deficiencies in a lot of different areas. If given the full complement of weapons, I'm not sure Ayuk uh, takes order, you know, or, or is a necessary need. If Kittle doesn't play, maybe more so in play, but still Damian Harris should outtouch Ayuk. Michael Thomas or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, Michael Thomas is apparently healthy, I guess, coming back on a play. I like it. Jameis has a lot of weapons. Uh, he could they could go a lot of different routes, but I'm mostly thinking Kamara is the road in this game. And um, so as opposed to Thomas, I would go with Edwards Hilaire here. Again, I know Kansas City doesn't just rely on the one back. We're going to see some of these other guys. But playing with the lead against a team that should be bad against the run, that they don't profile better on the line against the run this year. So I think that's a great opportunity. Kansas City can get ahead and play to their strengths, right? That should be the weakness of this team. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I would take Edward Solaire. Uh, Brandon Cooks or Travis Etienne Jr. Uh, Etienne Jr. set up nicely. Um, I, I would say without uh, Chase on the front line for Washington, he does have a better chance of achieving success. But so does, I mean, Lawrence for pass rush purposes. So I would say that it's more enticing of a matchup for the pass now. Maybe I'll go with Cooks here just because we haven't seen Etienne. I don't know what it is yet. I don't want to just take a chance. Whereas Cooks, I think, uh, I know he's in a tougher matchup. But again, I think there's going to be a volume of play here. Um, actually, you know what? I would just say Etienne. If he's going to be the lead back, let's go with him. Washington defense doesn't scare me that much. Okay, Josh Jacobs versus Jerry Judy. Um, I'm not too sure how much Denver's going to have to do against Seattle. So I'll take Jacobs. But the understanding about it is the Raiders are going to play like New England does with the run game now, with Josh McDaniels coming over as coach. And so he likes to rotate his backs. I don't think it's fully just Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has said in the past too that he just doesn't his body doesn't want to just be the guy he want like he likes to be in the rotation. Dude hates fantasy football by the way, but all that makes sense. So I still think that you know goal line touchdown probability yes for sure. I would take Jacobs over Judy, but just know he isn't in a bell cow situation. It's not like a typical starter backup type role. Think more of like what New England does. So how many people were clamoring for Damian Harris over Mon Stevenson or just being like, well, I don't know, right? I think maybe that's closer to what we get here. All right, guys, that is our Would You Rather for this week. Hopefully you know a little bit more about who I would rather now. And now it's time for the process to reload. Time to go get it. Let's go ahead and reload. First game, we already talked about Buffalo and the Rams, so we'll skip right up to Sunday morning. New England-Miami, let's roll. I think this is a ground-and-pound game. I believe New England... I'm revisiting what I want to do in DFS because I think Miami might be a valuable play, Um, but I think this is a lower-scoring affair. Should be a tighter game. So much of the Miami staff was retained. Basically, just head coach. Um, let go. And so if you really look at it, these guys, a lot of these people come from the New England tree. They know how to play that system. And so defensively, I expect Miami to give New England everything they they can handle. Both teams path to victories on the ground. Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, presumably leading the way. But Ramon Stevenson lurking. Uh, most are among many lurking for Miami. Sony Michelle also back there. They've got a couple of guys. This is why, for fantasy purposes, not really taking too much of a gamble there, but real life purposes, we're talking about running and defense in this one. I will say Miami wins it. I think there's more talent on that side of the football. They could potentially blow the top off once if New England is cheating and, you know, not realizing it with Tyreek Hill. 
but it should be a close game. I'll give Miami the edge just because they're at home. Reload. Next game, Baltimore at the Jets. Don't get too greedy on this one. Baltimore should be able to do more than enough to win. If anything, I like the Baltimore defense. But obviously, Lamar Jackson in a great place. Mark Andrews in a great place. Mike Davis. Got to shy away from Davis for DFS purposes just because they signed Kenyon Drake. Whispers about his role. I know he's only, what, nine days in or whatever. But we don't need to take chances on stuff we don't know about. That's part of the process. So, We'll let that one slide. But those other guys you want to get invested, fine. As I said, you've got Lamar, uh, Mark Andrews, all in a great place. But Baltimore defense really stands out to me. Jet side of things, I you know, led by Flacco is not much to like right here. I don't want to be invested in the run game. I don't just because Brees Hall is young, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on this offense, and I don't think the passing game will be able to support that. None of these receivers are inspiring me this week. Um, I do think it's going to be hard for the Jets to move the ball. Their best opportunity to hang around for a little bit in this game is to play defense, but I just don't see that happening either. Should be an easy Baltimore win. Thus, for fantasy purposes in a DFS world, I'm not going too crazy on it because I just think it's a blowout. I'm not sure how much reps the guys that we like get anyway, but uh, for season-long purposes, should be more than enough for your victory for the Baltimore Ravens reload Pittsburgh at Cincinnati guys I think Pittsburgh can go into Cincinnati and win this game I'm not kidding you uh, I think they're gonna run the football I like Najee Harris a lot in this one Pat Fryermuth he's talented he can catch he's big get him the football and I think that works out for them and opens up some other things I'm not so high on Deontay Johnson this week or some of the other receivers pick it or whatever I think Trubisky's gonna be at quarterback so we can expect that. Um, <clears throat> I do think that he'll try to get it to his tight end, check downs or whatever. Um, but Najee Harris, I think the Pittsburgh defense plays better than everybody expects. On the other side of the ball, Mixon, I don't hate this week. I, I think that he'll get fair usage, um, but he won't blow the top off of this defense. Uh, I do like, you know, as far as Cincinnati goes, because of the rush by Pittsburgh, I think that Joe getting it out quick. I like Joe. I like T. Higgins more than I like Chase. I'm not sure if he's going to have the time just looking at Chase all day. But those quick hits to Higgins, I believe in that for sure. Uh, Pittsburgh probably not going to play the tight end too poorly. So I'd shy away from Hurst in his new role that provides some uncertainty. So Higgins and Mixon and Burrow, the guys that I'm looking at, ultimately, I do think that Pittsburgh could lure them into a real football game that they win based on the defense and Najee Harris. Reload. Indianapolis Colts visiting Houston. Initially, guys, I was thinking Davis Mills, Houston, they can make this a football game. And I do think in tournaments, I still might have some exposure to it, but this is a specific path to victory. As I said earlier, I'm not so much looking at Brandon Cooks because the secondary of Indianapolis will, I think, be stout. He may get too much attention. It's probably some man looks. Um, there's good matchups out there. But Nico Collins, probably a little bit more successful. Blevin Jordan's hanging around. I like the matchup. I There's a lot of uncertainty with him. I'm probably going to stay away from that. Not go exactly there this week. We don't need to get that desperate. Um, but those are the things that I like there. Damian Pierce, as we mentioned, not going to see Shaquille Leonard. So should be some running lanes going to be an uber positive or uber, um, popular play in DFS world. But if you got him in seasonal, you could feel really good about Pierce on the other side of things though, Indianapolis, I think their defense might end up being a little too overwhelming for Houston. Uh, not too much invested in Matt Ryan this week, but, uh, Michael Pittman, I think is in play for sure. Mo Ali Cox more so. I do like Mo Ali Cox. Uh, wasn't so much sure about it to begin with, but you cannot deny the opportunity for him in the matchups that the Houston linebackers present. It's probably just not in their favor when you look at the the what they have on the depth chart. I don't see anybody that's able to uh, get around that matchup with a big, strong Mo Ali Cox on the inside like that. So can't really bring a corner down and do that could probably cause some damage i was worried about a timeshare i think we're going to take a chance though uh, in cash games even just with him 
right there. And obviously, big dog, Jonathan Taylor. Big dog going to eat. Big dog world. Nothing Houston's going to be able to do to stop him, I don't think. I think they can get out to a, a lead and play with him and the defense and accent it with Allie Cox and maybe a little Pittman. But uh, Houston probably a little overmatched here. Glad for them it's at home. I don't think the crowd will make that much of a difference, though. Reload. Jacksonville at Washington. Love this game because I don't expect defense too much from either side. So I, I really think that um, big injury on the line for Washington's defense opens up uh, some uh, obvious uh, play for Lawrence. I like Lawrence. Interested in Kirk, Christian Kirk. They paid him a lot of money. I think it's a great matchup to exploit that. Kirk is there. Um, but there's other opportunities too. Evan Ingram coming over from the Giants. This Washington not great against the tight end. I don't think they brought in the personnel to improve that situation. I really like Evan Ingram as a season sleeper. In this offense, I think that he has the opportunity to excel. Quicker to get the ball to him than these wide receivers running those longer routes. I don't think that's a problem this week, but remember that as the season goes on. He's going to be the blanket, has an opportunity if he can stay healthy to have a really big role in Washington with the way that they do things. Etienne in a great place also. Obviously, you know, we might see um, Robinson get a little bit of time, but, um, you know, we have to go with what, we, with what we've been told and what we've seen. He's getting the one reps. Fantastic out of college. Now we get him healthy. We have to see. But I think that that running game is definitely in a good place this week. Passing game is in a good place. We should see some points on the Washington side. Same thing. Wentz and company. I don't see anything inspiring fear on the other side. McLaurin's in a great place. Dotson, I like. But I want to see him put it on paper for me at least in the first week before I commit there. Uh, running game, we we understand that it's uh, Antonio Gibson's show right now. McKissick will probably get some touches, but we like Gibson as well. Logan Thomas is going to play, probably in play as well. I probably stay away from health issues, just like never healthy. I don't want to go there. Much rather play Evan Ingram on the other side. But I like this game for offense. I'm going to play it in tournaments and DFS, just a just a straight up uh, tournament play of a lineup of formulating these receivers if you will so kirk and mclaurin definitely maybe ingram or maybe one of the running backs um but yeah a lot of interest in what i think will be a lot of points this week there who wins that game toss up i'll give it to washington well you know i was gonna give it to washington because they're at home but maybe jacksonville reload that's a really tough one san fran at Chicago, Chicago doesn't have a great offensive line. I think that's the problem with this game is, you know, they're introducing the play action back to this offense, which I think will be great for Fields. Uh, Nagy didn't like doing it last year. The few times they did do it, it worked pretty successfully 70% of the time. But him and uh, Bill Lazard, that just wasn't a part of what they were going to do in the offense. It's going to help out Fields. He'll be able to throw downfield for sure. Opens up things for him and Montgomery uh, on the run game, actually. But that's why I like Mooney a little bit more this year, just because I think that those targets downfield do open up for him. The problem with this, though, is you got to have a decent offensive line. And that is one thing the Bears don't. They probably have the worst offensive line in the NFL. I'm saying that as a Bears fan. So that's going to be a problem against the San Francisco front. I think they're going to be able to apply all types of pressure, hang back, maybe get some turnovers possibly. Um this is exactly the worry I had in drafting fields is that his health will be in question if the offensive line can't keep him upright. I know he's mobile, but he's not a wizard, right? So there's some concerns. I'm not too in on much of the Chicago side of things. You could play Mooney as a, I mean, if you start, if you have Mooney play him in seasonal for sure, but uh, obviously Montgomery play him in seasonal for sure, but I'm not expecting a lot of success. Maybe garbage time for Mooney. Um, on the other side of things, San Francisco, I think they'll be able to run the ball. Elijah Mitchell probably in play is the primary running back, but it's San Fran. So we know Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to mix those running backs up. Uh, Kittle will be out there. His health is in question again, of course, to start the year. So I don't know about that. But Debo Samuel's in a fantastic way. Ayuk steps up if Kittle can't play or if he's doubtful or if he's hurt. But really Samuel and Mitchell looking like good opportunities for them. And really, the San Francisco defense is the biggest component for them this week. I think you could play them comfortably, get some points. Chicago may be a little bit overmatched in a, a first of everything. First GM, first coach, right? Like, this is the first time running this offense with Fields. So, 
going to be a tougher day for them, in my opinion. Reload. Philadelphia at Detroit. I'm seeing all week how, you know, the odds on, you know, big cash game play, receiver to play this week is A.J. Brown because of his matchup. He's going to see these defenders on Detroit, and he can dominate. That's true. But I do think that there's something to be said with what Philly did in the offense or in the uh, offseason. They took steps to reload their offensive line. They were probably third best last year, and they're projected to be the first best offensive line this year. They took that and other moves to make sure that, yes, they have a high-powered passing offense. They've got Goddard. They've got Brown. They've got Devontae Smith, and they've got Hurts. But you're running the ball. Hertz can run the ball. You've got these trio of backs that run the ball. The linemen they bring in to reinforce the offensive line suggests that that's what they want to do. I think they're going to be a power run team. We saw them do this a little bit last year where they don't play one style of running. Uh, so what they do is each week, depending on the opponent's weakness, that's what they do. So you will see uh, you know, concepts of zone run, concepts of power run from week to week changing. So I think that these backs will be rotating. I have some interest in Miles Sanders this week, but I'm just not sure because of that philosophy and their willingness to throw a lot of different backs and a lot of different schemes at you. This is a little different from what other teams are doing with just different uh, players. Philly's got different running backs and different schemes. So it's very Belichickian in the fact that I'm just going to play to who you are every week and not really have one identity that we try to master. That's the, the play to what they're doing. That's why people are really suggesting a lot of success for them this year. So in terms of this matchup, I think they can run the football. I'm not sure Miles Davis gets all the reps. Goddard to have great interest in uh, over Hawkinson on the other side. Probably not the best matchup for him. But, uh, you know, the receivers are in a decent position but i would more favor the philly defense and the running backs and the tight end hurts for detroit i know they're at home gonna be overmatched though i don't think that golf will be able to provide enough of an opportunity versus this uh defensive pressure that he's going to get from this front i think he'll be checked down charlie for sure uh so swift you know probably in line with some work because they'll be trailing but you know, Williams is lurking behind him. And in the game script like this, that's something we got to be aware of, I think. Also, I'm on, Saint, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Maybe not the week for him, uh, just based on this Philly defense. Um, you know, if you had to pick one person, probably Hawkinson or Shark, just attack in the middle of the field. But I don't know that I'd necessarily go there. Philly's going to win this one. Reload. New Orleans at Atlanta. New Orleans going to win this football game. Atlanta, I think questionable offensive line, better than last year. But New Orleans, the front should be good. I think Mariota is going to see too much pressure. Then he'll know what to deal with. London is obviously not 100% healthy coming in this week. So you're relying on Kyle Pitts. I don't think it's a great matchup for him alone. Cordell Patterson, also not a great matchup against this New Orleans defense. I think the New Orleans defense is the star of this game. Jameis has got his full complement of weapons on the other side. So it looks like Michael Thomas is going to play. They've got uh, Kamara, no suspension. I really like him in this game. This is the guy that I think over any other receivers, because I know Chris Olave is mentioned a lot. They've got Jarvis Landry now, too. And it's like, well, who are they going to go to? Kamara, I think, is the guy we look at for this game. But then moving forward, you know, There'll be other matchups where maybe we have to force the issue with the offense a little more. But I do think that Atlanta tries to hang tough out of the gate a little bit. Deion Jones being injured already. Just I was already starting the year off believing this team could take positive steps, meaning Atlanta defensively, as long as they stay healthy. But losing him already is just not a start in the right direction. New Orleans will win this one. Mariota will probably cause some turnovers. Reload. Prove me wrong. Cleveland at Carolina, love it. Whoever's making the schedule at the NFL this year. Cleveland's a better team. Um, obviously, Baker playing with some uh, a chip on his shoulder against the team that didn't want him. He's at his new team's home now. He's probably the he's better over Jacoby Brissett, but everything about Cleveland is better than Carolina. Carolina going to try to be stout against the run. We know Cleveland wants to run. It's a run first team. They're built to run. Great offensive line to run. Great coach in Callahan. Bill Callahan, the legend. Chubb is going to get his run, but Hunt's going to be there too. 
Um, I do think that uh, receiver-wise, Njoku probably gets some check down Charlie work from Brissett, who we know doesn't like to stretch the field. So Cooper, not really looking at him this game so much. Uh, but I think that the Cleveland defense will be able to put pressure on Mayfield. They know his tendencies. They know very much about him in a way that he's already on an a inferior team. I think the pressure's on him. They're going to be playing from behind. Uh, McCaffrey going to get his looks. And so obviously from a seasonal perspective, you play him and feel fine about it. From DFS, probably too expensive for me to want to get involved. Uh, unless you're going crazy millionaire tournament type stuff. Uh, as far as the rest of the Carolina offense, look, they have a great complement of wide receivers. I, you know, but Car- but Cleveland has a great front, and I don't know that they'll Baker will have the time to get it to all these guys. DJ Moore, I am particularly interested in. This is the guy that I really want to look at this year. He's got the best quarterback he's ever had. I want to see what he can do with that. I think, uh, particularly in garbage time, he could probably do a little bit of damage here. But I would be surprised if Cleveland doesn't win this football game. Reload. Giants at Tennessee. Listen, the Giants might win this football game. The Tennessee offensive line is not what it used to be. I know they want to run it with Henry, but I think the Giants can press the issue. Saquon Barkley, for his, uh, you know, you know, for his part, should be in play as well. Um, <clears throat> I like that everything will center around him. Uh, tight end wise, not sure who's going to get the looks for the Giants this week, so I, I'm a little bit out there. Wide receiver wise, not a bad play, but we don't know. There's Kadarius Tony, there's Shepard, there's uh, uh, Robinson, Wanda Robinson. That we don't know, so I'm not going to say I'm feeling sure about it. Even though Daniel Jones should have some options in the pass game, they could win this football game. As I said, if their defense is able to win at the line of scrimmage. Obviously, on the Tennessee side, they're going to want to run the football. Traylon Burks had wide receiver out there um, running around. I, I just don't see it this week. Robert Woods probably going to get a lot of attention. So Bob Tree's probably not in play for me as well. Um, Burks just too young, I think, to have a grasp on how to dominate in the NFL just yet. But, you know, weeks later, we might see him do something. I'm not so sure about this week, though. Tennessee will try to run. I'm not sure how successful it will be. If the Giants can get a lead, they'll be in real trouble. I'll take upset Giants on the road. Reload. Vegas at the Chargers, baby. I like this one. It's going to be a tough one on the road for the Raiders. Uh, rematch of this uh, end of the season battle last year. Listen, the, I, I think the Chargers, uh, for their part, you know, you should be able to – the running the football will probably be a little tough, but I think passing you got a little bit more of an opportunity there. Um, <clears throat> with Parham out, the t- the tight end situation is a little clearer for the Chargers. Um, but also the thing that I like is Mike Williams on the outside, Keenan Allen, yes, but maybe a little less so. I I don't think that there'll be a lot of resistance. I'm very much interested in that for tournaments. So Herbert's in play. The opportunity for them lies in passing the football and forcing the issue against the against the Raiders. Raiders probably want to run the football. That's more of the way that you would attack the Chargers defense. So if I'm the Chargers, and this is NFL protocol, if we know that our weakness is the run right on defense, then we have to make sure that the other team doesn't want to run. The best way to do that is by putting the points on the board so that they have to pass. So I like cars hand being forced it's going to be a tough matchup for adams but he should still be able to do his thing much more interested in renfro this week and waller that's the part of the field i think that they'll have better success attacking the run game will mix in but like i said jacob's interesting play but it's the new england style running backs and so we know what josh mcdaniels wants to do not sure if it'll just be only jacobs right like we could see work uh from different other aspects so Something to think about there. Eckler, do you feel good about playing him on the other side? I think Eckler via receptions will pay off. He's not going to like be the highest scoring person in this game, but he will get work uh, due to the passing game. It's not going to be the running, I don't think, um, that really cements him this week because, again, as the char- if you're the Chargers, you want to force the Raiders to, to prove that they could pass to keep up because that's the strengths of this Chargers defense is uh, the secondary. 
I do like the Chargers this week. I like Herbert and company to force the issue. And the Raiders are just trying to figure it out. They're putting together new players, new system. I know there's chemistry between Adams and Carr, but new system for them still. So I'm going to rely on what we've seen and know to work before. Brilliantly, Herbert and company, Chargers it is. Reload. Green Bay at Minnesota. This is another team's going to force the issue. Minnesota probably would like to run the football and test out that outside zone run. We think Dalvin Cook's probably pretty suited for that. Should be interesting. But if I'm Green Bay, I don't want to figure that out. <laughs> I want to see if you can pass on us because the Green Bay secondary is probably the stronger unit for them. Green Bay should force the issue. Aaron Rodgers should be able to have a field day with this Minnesota defense. I don't see a lot standing in his way. Unfortunately, Alan Lazard not available, so now we're playing like who do we play next type of a role. Sammy Watkins, very interesting, especially for DFS at $4,700. So we'll take a stab on that. But really, Rodgers is probably for season long, you know, good to go. I like Aaron Jones, probably a little more so than Dylan because of the goal line work. But I like the running game this week as Green Bay gets ahead and looks to kind of move a little clock. For the Minnesota side, I think it's more of a keep up. So I'm less inclined with the running game, and I'm more inclined with the passing game, uh, specifically Jess, Justin Jefferson. I mean, I know it's a battle. I know Jair Alexander's out there, but he's a great receiver. Um, he's not going to get blanked. I also prefer Thielen a little more so this week. He will get the underwork. I like Thielen. Uh, and Irv in the tight end position. I just think those two have an opportunity uh, to get some plays. Now, the one thing I will say is maybe backing off of Irv a little bit, getting some exposure to Kendrick Osborne, probably not the worst play in the world. I might I might this week roll, roll with the Minnesota tight end for tournament purposes. But the one thing we need to understand is the coaching philosophy in Minnesota now will have more three wide sets than tight end sets. So... Osborne is the third tight end. So if we're talking about playing from behind and talking about using the most potent parts of their offense, maybe we got to revisit if we take a look at him this week. But it is a contest I don't think they'll win. Kirk Cousins kind of starts off a little slow and picks it up as the season goes along. Tremendously steady over the past several years. Doesn't always get his due. It'll be a Green Bay day, though. Reload. Kansas City at Arizona. Projected as a shootout, but Arizona's without so many weapons now. We know they don't have Nuck because of the six-game suspension. But also losing a few other guys now, too. So uh, Moore is going to be sitting out. So that means that A.J. Green is out there running routes along with Marquise Brown. Um, I you know As far as Arizona goes, Kansas City should come out high-powered and try to force them to want to keep up. It's not the greatest matchup for Kelsey. So we're going to find out who... Mahomes likes of these receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster in play for sure. <coughs> I probably don't play him uh, in in tournaments this week. But if you have him in season long, fire him up for sure. No problem there in a game that Kansas City should try to get ahead and stay ahead. Kyler Murray on the other side is going to have to do his best to keep up. But what does he really have is Ertz. You know, that's what he's got uh, to go alongside A.J. Green. Ugh. And uh, uh, also Marquise Brown out there. Now, Brown, I'm not necessarily buying into. I don't think he'll blow the top off the offense. I do think A.J. Green probably get a little bit more attention than what most people are thinking. So I don't think it's a sneaky pick to just be going with him. But he will get targets and looks. Ertz is now questionable. That funnels things more to these two receivers. The more and more you look at it, it's like, okay, Murray can run, but they're going to have to try to rely on Connor. I like him at the goal line. I'm interested in Connor a lot. I was almost going to go cash game with it this week. He'll be a tournament play for me. They can't afford to go away from it. You've got to try to slow this game down somehow. Um, Kansas City, the way the path victory against them, running the football usually a little bit. They don't really care about stopping the run because they know how high-powered they are. They don't care about stopping the run. They're traditionally not very good at it. Arizona, because of injuries, is going to have to do this. Kansas City should counter that by continuing to run or continuing to pass, continuing to just blow it out. So like Mahomes, like the offense, you can get exposure to Mahomes because we don't know about the wide receivers. and It's not the best matchup for Kelsey, but love them. Uh, if you've got season long, you could play, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
fine, feel fine about it. Um, daily fantasy purposes, I probably don't even know if I need to reach that far. Um, but Kansas City should win this game. Arizona just, unfortunately, I think the defense is going to have a lot of pressure on them. But also, also the offense is not without a bunch of weapons. I like the Kansas City defense as a value pick, 3K on DK uh, this week in the game they should win. Reload Sunday night, Tampa Bay at the Dallas Cowboys. Rematch from last year. Dallas doesn't have as good of an offensive line as they did once. And so, you know, Elliott not so much in play against the Tampa Bay team that should be pretty stout against the run nonetheless, like I mentioned before. Uh, so probably the way to victory is through the air. C.D. Lamb should be, see plenty of um, attention, though. And so, you know, D- Schultz, Dalton Schultz, probably a tough matchup for him, too. Noah Brown, somebody we got to look at if you're going to play those Sunday night games. Um, I think he's interesting there. Dak's going to have to do something, though, uh, and it might be check down work to the to the running back. And so this is why I think Zeke is probably going to be able to have some use but uh, it's not going to be like just straight up running the football, right? Tampa Bay, for their side of things, Godwin may or may not play. We don't know yet, but Evans will surely be out there. And for them, uh, TB12 and company, I think basically going to – he'll have more control over the offense and what happens once they get to the line of scrimmage. I think we could see more checks into runs here. Um, I do like the opportunity of Leonard Fournette here to establish himself, especially at the goal line. But it's Tom's team, of course, right? And so at the end of the day, Evans, I think, sure, should be in play. But all these other receivers, will have to see how they line up. Russell Gage, um, I think he had a little bit of injury concern, but should be fine. He gets out there. I like it. Brady's got weapons. These guys may not seem like names to you, but he can elevate somebody to play and look and appear to be much better than they are. I think that's a lot of what we're going to see here. So we have to wait to see how it unfolds. It's a new look. Arians is not there. So it's not exactly the same, you know, similar, but some things will be different just because of the freedoms that Tom will have now uh, to not have to just, you know, no risk it biscuit, throw down the field. I think they, he will regress and target uh, depth of target, I should say. So that'll be reflected a little more in this game. Curious to see how they handle it. But talent-wise, they just have a better team. I think, you know, defensively, Dallas will have some deficiencies up front that may play out uh, in the game that ultimately I'm not sure they could win. And on to our final shot. So we'll make a good reload. Denver at Seattle. Russ Wilson, revenge game. Who's writing these narratives? Whoever made the schedule, fire, fire stuff this year. They should just win. Geno led, Geno Smith led Seattle Seahawks don't inspire much hope for me. So, I mean, I'm not really Lockett, Metcalf, maybe some weeks, but not this week, y'all. Denver's got a great defense. I don't really, you know, know Kenneth Walker now. So now you're getting Comer and you're getting Penny. I, I don't want any piece of that. If anything, the Denver defense. And the other side, Russ Wilson probably going to cook. So I do like Sutton. Um Maybe a little bit of Judy, but the running game should be in play. Looking at a split there, though, so Gordon and Williams, you could take your pick. Uh, season long, I probably feel fine playing either one. DFS, it's a Monday night game, so I'm staying away from it. But God bless you. Go with whoever you would like. Um, but this is a game that Denver ultimately should win and set the tone for their season, exercise some demons for Russ, and they can move on. Boom. Guys, that's our reload segment for this week hopefully that helps you understand who you may play in certain scenarios a little bit more simply and that's that and now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our dfs fantasy football picks for the week we'll go over cash game plays tournament or gpp plays and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. DFS picks here, guys. Um, we have, first of all, for quarterback, this is again, DraftKings, DFS, and we talked about the tournaments. If you guys don't remember tournaments and cash games and how we play and what percentage and all that stuff, go back to episode one of this season two episodes ago it's all right there for you cash games i'm going to give you one option and that's herbert just play herbert i had a couple other options but for cash games i'm just going to play herbert 
For tournaments, though, I do have a few options for you. You can play Mahomes at 7,700. I like that matchup for reasons we spoke about. Burrow, 6,400. Uh, and then Carr, 5,900. Really interested there. Lawrence, 5,600. Trevor Lawrence. And then uh, Davis Mills, $5,300. $5,800, excuse me. No, excuse me, $5,300. Very interested in that price point. Those are my tournament quarterbacks. So I'll build the lineups around those guys. Running back-wise, for cash games, looking at focusing on really three guys, and I have a fourth because it's a free square. We can't avoid the Damian Pierce thing. It's going to be so popular, but it helps fit things in uh, money-wise, and so we can't deny that, right? So Jones, $6,700 is my top cash game pick because of the goal line work. Najee Harris, $6,400. Antonio Gibson, $5,800. And then Pierce at $4,500. Those are my cash game guys. Now, as far as the tournaments go, Kamara, $7,600. Love this play. He's the go-to guy for New Orleans this week. Mixon, $7,100. Connor, $7,000. I love these guys. They're all in play. And then Swift, $6,800. This is the way that I'm going with my tournaments for running back this week. For the main slate, 13 games. Wide receiver. Here's who we're looking at. Debo Samuel is my top cash game quarterback play of the week. No regrets. $7,400. No regrets. McLaurin, $6,500. Next cash game play. T. Higgins, $6,100. Cash game play. We talked about these guys earlier and why they're in play. Love it. Plug it in. And then Thielen, $5,400 saver, salary saver, cash game play. Tournament-wise, Justin Jefferson, $7,800 at the top. We'll pay up in tournaments and look for that upside. Mike Williams, $6,600. Love that soft price. Uh, Moore, DJ Moore, $6,000. Love that soft price in this matchup. Renfro, $5,800. Guys, these are great prices for receivers that should be a part of the offense. Pittman at $5,500 is a sucker play, man. It's so popular, it should be a cash game play. That's why I put it over here in GPP. And I wanted to do the same thing with Pierce, but we need to fit that in salary-wise. But Pittman, having Pittman and Pierce, you can't do that. We got to get different. And so we'll use Pittman over in the GPPs. Uh, But game stack from that one, probably not unheard of. Kirk. Uh, $5,100 in play in the Washington uh, uh, Jacksonville game. Love him as the weapon for Trevor Lawrence. And then Sammy Watkins from Green Bay. We talked about $4,700. We got to take a stab at that for GPP purposes. And then Nico Collins at the bottom for $4,200. So some guys to really round out that uh, lineup if you've already made some picks and you're just looking to fill it in from there with some reliable players that we expect to you know meet or exceed their threshold this week. Tight ends, cash games, I got Andrews, $6,800, Mark Andrews. Uh, Waller, $5,400, love that play this week. And then Friar Muth, $4,200, who we talked up earlier. Mo Cox at $3,400, probably just going to plug it in and use the money elsewhere. For tournaments, Kelsey, I love it. It's not an impossible matchup, but it is a tough one. I can't pay $6,600 for uh, cash games. If you have seasonal, play it. Feel good about it. Tournaments, we're going to play it and feel good about it. Hawkinson, $4,900 in play as a tournament play, though, just because of the defense. But Goddard, $4,500 also in play. There's a lot of weapons, and we think the running game will lead it. So that's why it's a tournament play. We also have Austin Hooper, $3,700. I think this is a great check down Charlie play for Baker Mayfield where he should be seeing a rush all day. So I really like that. Uh, Evan Ingram, $3,500. Love the upside. And again, going to put that in that tournament uh, game stack lineup that I do with those. Blevin Jordan, you can. uh, We'll say, fine, you can take a chance on him if you want. I probably won't do it. But if you need to, don't feel terrible about it. Uh, If you want to fit it in that game stack, that's fine too. Uh, Defenses. Look, cash games, I want to say Niners 4,100, Ravens 4,000, Chiefs 3,000. Honorable mention to Miami. I really feel like you might be able to use them this week. On the tournament side, I like the Browns and the Saints. $3,800 and $3,700. Really going to just try to stick to using those defenses for tournaments or the cash games defenses. But, guys, those are the players that I feel comfortable about. So, already made my cash game lineup. And, again, going to make four to seven tournament lineups. 
and continue to stick these tournament lineups in different tournaments. So I may pick one contest and if it's because it's a tournament, remember for cash games, we want single entry for tournaments. We want multi-entry. So if I can have multi-entries, I'll enter that all seven of those lineups in that one contest because it's a multi-entry. So I'm looking for tournaments once I have my seven lineups established where I could put all of them in there and I have seven chances to win that one tournament. So there's a lot of like winner take all contests like that. There's a lot of like $200 winner, $500 winner contests like that. I want seven shots at that. The way we prepare and do our job, it should be fine. So guys, that's what I have for you this week. That is week one in the can. Good luck to you. Set those lineups. Most importantly, find a reputable show to listen to right before Game Lock. I love Sirius XM Radio, the fantasy sports channel. You get the latest injury news and notes. You you might win or lose a week and some DFS money based off of what you find out last minute. You cannot just wake up in the morning and just expect it to all be the same. Your lineup might get hurt. So check it all. Find a reputable place. Maybe go to Fantasy Sports on SiriusXM like I do. That's it, guys. We'll be right back here next week talking about how we did, how it went, and what happened. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.